Thank you, Richard. Um, our next speaker is Dr. Tracy Collins, who is a director of Aegis Archaeology Limited. And she is going to tell us about the Hermitage Archaeological Research Project. The title is Down by the River, looking for early Mesolithic people at Hermitage, County Limerick. I'm a bit shorter than, than the previous speaker. Uh, uh, thank you for the introduction. And I'll just start my clock here. Uh, thank you for the introduction, and thank you everybody for being here, um, and you're most uh, welcome. Uh, so uh, I am speaking on behalf of a, a much larger team, the Hermitage Archaeological Research Project, um, who, who have a group of people brought together by Dr. Amy Little, who is originally of UCD, but now works in the University of York. And she's brought together some international scholars to, to look at this project. Um, and this project is a little bit unusual in that it started as a development-led excavation, um, but has um, spawned all this material which needs further research. So also I might add that um, my title is probably a little bit misleading because we've actually found evidence for early Mesolithic people at Hermitage already, but we're looking for more of them. So where is um, Hermitage? Well, it's about 10 kilometers north of Limerick City, uh, near the village of Castle Connell, and it's right on the River Shannon. Um, so you can see in the drawing there um, where we excavated in 2001, and it was in advance of a, uh, a rising main, a water scheme, which was undertaken by uh, Limerick County Council as they were then. Um, I might show you, just in the, the aerial photograph there, uh, beyond Hermitage at the top of the picture, um, you can see the Ardnacrusha uh, mill race, which is um, a section, a, a canal basically, or a mill race, which is taken from the River Shannon um, and produces the power at Ardnacrusha power station. And then it, it, it links back with the River Shannon um, further downstream. Um, now, when we were excavating, we thought that perhaps the Ardnacrusha power scheme would, ha would have had a big influence on how the River Shannon looked. Um, back in the Mesolithic and, and earlier times. But it actually appears, um, we've had a geologist look at it, Dr. Pat O'Connor, who happens to be local to Castle Connell, and he figures that the river, it, it probably had more water, but the features that we're going to talk about were probably never inundated and they were never under the water. So while the, the water level may have changed by about a meter or so, it wouldn't have significantly changed. So this is just showing um, where we excavated. Um, the site which we see here is, is really a waylay for the pipe. Um, and we found archaeology in four distinct areas along this route. And the reason why we were at this particular spot along the, the main drainage was because this was a, um, a recorded monument as a potential fording point across the River Shannon. Um, so this is why the, the archaeological dimension was needed in the first place. Um, so, and this all happened, of course, in 2001. Um, and so when we arrived at the site, we, we had no idea what the, these features dated to. They looked like they were going to be prehistoric and lightly Bronze Age, or so we thought. But when we excavated and finally got some radiocarbon dates, it turned out that um, we got archaeological features from the Mesolithic, the Bronze Age, the Iron Age, and some early modern features relating to uh, the big house 
um, which once stood at Hermitage, and the townland is named after that big house. Um, but you can see here that the, the Mesolithic ones were of, of most interest, and they were early Mesolithic. Uh, three pits, uh, which contained um, human remains. Pit C um, contained cremated remains, which were too small for identification. Um, but it's possible that, that they were human remains as well. And charcoal from that, you can see returned to date um, of the early Mesolithic. With A and B, we were fortunate that we could date both charcoal and uh, human, human remains. Um, and you can see from, from them there that um, both the charcoal and the human remains give very close dates. So when we're looking at a, a time, again, not as old as our earlier dates that we heard in the previous paper, um, but nevertheless, they're, they're very close when you're looking at radiocarbon dates. Um, of interest with burial A is that we, uh, Linda Lynch again looked at them, and she thinks that we got a, a one whole individual there. We nearly got two, kilo, two kilograms of uh, cremated remains. You can see them there. And along with the cremation main remains, we had uh, two microliths um, and a very large adz axe. And we call it an adz axe because of the shape of the axe itself. And it's made of shale. And I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. Um, and you can see from our reconstruction drawing that uh, we, we interpret a, a small post that we saw when we were excavating. And we had the cut of it in the base of the pit that um, burial A was probably marked by a grave marker. And we suggest that due to the depth of the, the post going into the pit, that it probably, it, it was deep enough to hold a, a, a post coming out of the ground. So we're interpreting that as a grave marker, which is highly unusual um, for this period. Um, burial B then uh, didn't have any grave goods um, associated with it. Um, and it had what we called a, a token burial or a partial burial, where we only got 179 grams of cremated bone. So either the whole body was cremated, and they took a portion of that cremation and deposited it, or they, cho they chose an item of the body, so maybe the head or the arms, and they cremated that and deposited it. So a, di a different technique, but all, all in the early Mesolithic period. Um, and, as, and as I said, the, the bones from Pit C were um, too small for identification. So just to give you a comparison is where, do, where does Hermitage fit in? We don't have, firstly, a whole lot of human remains dating to the early Mesolithic for Ireland. <coughs> and these are dates um, that Professor Woodman and uh, Dr. Chris Mickeljohn put together in, in 2012. So Hermitage um, is, the, is the, the earliest cremations because the other dates that we have relate to inhumations or unburnt material. So we have Ferritus Cove in County Kerry and Kalura Cave in County Limerick, which is interesting that we're all down in the southwest. And Kalura Cave, out of interest, is about 15 kilometers as the crow flies from Hermitage itself. Uh, and I might add there that um, Kilgraney Cave in County Waterford um, had, a, had a cremation which was found in 1934. <clears throat> but unfortunately, that's now lost to us, so we don't know exactly um, what date that was. Um, so at the moment, um, Hermitage is the earliest cremated burial uh, dated in Ireland, and is one of the earliest from Europe, in fact. Um, so uh, Amy Little originally became interested um, because her specialty is uh, microwear analysis, and she won um, a Marie Curie Fellowship 
in which she looked at the ADZACs that we found from burial A. Um, and she found this axe is important because uh, not that we don't have a lot of stone axes, because we do, and a lot of them do come from the River Shannon, but um, they don't come from a clear context. So we know they were dumped in the River Shannon, but we don't know when, so we don't know what date they are. But with this hermitage axe, because it was so tightly associated with the, the cremated remains and the charcoal, I might add, and the microliths, um, it, it's, uh, it's very securely dated. And again, it's one of the only axes in, in Europe that can be dated so secu securely. And you can see a couple of examples up there that, uh, that Amy has kindly given me. So um, having excavated Hermitage in, in 2001, I thought my work was over. Um, and then Amy came knocking on my door looking for first the axe and then the microliths. Um, and she decided to put this HARP team together. So in 2018, uh, we decided that we'd go for some funding because we thought that the, the site might have more to yield. And because it was a development-led project, um, it, and it was in 2001, it didn't have all the, the, the pre-excavation uh, studies that we would do now, like geophysics and, and all of that kind of stuff. So we thought that we would go back and return to the site and do some geophysics and some geomorphological work. Um, so that's what we did uh, with, the, with the funding from the National Monument Surface and the Royal Irish Academy. So you can see here, this is what Hermitage looks like at the moment. It's a, a really uh, pretty and pleasant place. Um, it's currently part of a um, beef farm. So there's cattle on, on, on the area, right down by the, the River Shannon. Um, and it's, an excellent, it's still an excellent place for fishing and was even more so before um, the Ardnacrusha power station came in. So it's likely that the Mesolithic people were here uh, because of the fish, and in particular the salmon. Um, so this area that I've, that I've highlighted in red, this is uh, five hectares in extent. It includes the, the pipe way leave that we excavated in 2001, um, but it, it includes a lot more, because what we want to find is, is there, there are more of these cremation burials or more features coming up. So we, really, we threw the kitchen sink in it really with the geophysics. So we did both um, co uh, conductivity, which was um, an electromagnetic survey, and magnetic susceptibility. Um, so really what that was is uh, you're, you're looking at the magnetism of the ground in different ways. And so we did the five hectares, and EarthSound um, kindly did that work for us on our, beha on our behalf. Um, and you can see here the geophysics showed up a lot of anomalies, so you can see uh, and we call them anomalies because we don't know if they're archaeological yet until you ground truth them and prove this. Um, and you can quite clearly see the pipe way leave going through there. I think it's S1. But there's another, um, uh, a number of other features, particularly S19, you can see there in the top right, which, uh, which looks archaeological, but of course it would have to be ground truthed or tested to see if it is. And ourselves, then, we did the conductivity survey helped by um, colleagues of... Amy's from uh, the University of York, uh, Dr. Helen Goodchild. So the conduct, um, oh, I'm sorry, this is the conductivity survey that EarthSound did. And again, you can see, because of the, the, the difference in the technique used, sim the same features are coming up, but different features are coming up as well. And that's why we decided that we do so many different techniques of the geophysics. 
Um, again, you can see the, pi the, the pipe wave there coming through is C1. And again, the image that we're looking at is an interpretive, an interpretation of the geophysics and the raw data that you can see on the left-hand side. And then this is the, the Dr. Helen Goodchild uh, magnetometry survey. And again, this is looking at the, the, the magnetism of various things in the ground. Um, and you can see again the pipe wave M1, um, and various other features. And I might draw your attention to the, the little red dots, the M12s that are marked there, um, which are all about a meter in diameter and look very similar to, say, uh, pit B that we found. Um, and the smaller ones may be pit A. But again, this is an interpretation, and these would all have to be tested before you could definitively say if they're more um, at pit burials or not. And the important thing there is that if they do turn out to be pit burials, we, we may be looking at a cemetery rather than just a, a, a couple of random burials, which would be very important. So the geomorphology aspect um, at Hermitage was to try and understand the formation processes that have pr protected the Mesolithic archaeology um, and how the site may have formed over time. Um, and the specialist on the HARP team here is um, Dr. Ed Blinkhorn of uh, University College London um, and uh, a colleague, Ben Elliott, who's currently a postdoctoral student at UCD. Um, so we did an augering survey after our, our uh, geophysics. Um, and you can see these are just called transepts. So they're just lines taken at random to get a, a good coverage of what the underlying geology and soils look like. Um, and we concentrated them in the western end of the site because that's the site closest to the river where you'd have better preservation, perhaps, of the underlying deposits. So from that, all that information, all the samples were looked at by Ed, and he fed the information into a, uh, a computer program, and this deposit model was formulated. Um, now, it means a lot to Ed. It doesn't mean so much to me, this deposit model. So in layperson's terms, um, it, was, it, it explained to us, when we excavated originally in 2001, we found a lot of um, stone tools in the, in the topsoil, what we would call the topsoil. Um, and we were wondering why, why they were there, rather than being in, in features or in one particular lot. And what Ed has uh, illustrated is that there is a, a movement down slope of, um, through natural formation processes. And this explains why perhaps we found a lot of these lithics in, in, in the topsoil and not related to one particular feature. Um, and we also did this to try and isolate um, more specifically where it might be better to do a, a, deeper, a deeper core and maybe get some information on what the environment was like. Um, back in the Mesolithic and maybe before. Um, so we considered all of that. Oh, so, these, so these are our results. So um, at the end of, of 2018, we think the geophysics did show that there's a very high potential for more archaeological features there. Um, we'll call them anomalies because we haven't tested them yet. Um, but some of them um, are definitely going to be archaeological. Whether they're Mesolithic now is, is another thing because, of course, this place was used over a long period of time. When we excavated in 2001, we had a, um, a full fia and a number of smaller Bronze Age pits. So it's quite possible that some of these are Bronze Age. Um, but looking at it favorably, it's possible as well that they may be um, 
more early Mesolithic uh, pits, perhaps with burials in them. So we returned in 2019, again with um, generous funding from the National Monument Service and the Royal Irish Academy, um, to go back to that western area and do a little bit more coring um, with, with longer cores and longer instruments. And this we did in May, and again, Ed is there um, and Ben helping with that. And so from that, we took two um, long cores, and one proved better than the other, so we, we, we concentrated on one of the cores. Um, and the pollen in it was, a, was, was a very well preserved. Um, there was charcoal, but um, very small amounts, so we couldn't identify it to species. And you can see here, I've just chosen some of the, of the pollen that was found. So hazel and alder, bracken and oak, various sedges and various grasses. And to be honest, it's not a million miles away from um, what the environment looks like today um, by, by the river, in the, by the, the Shannon River. Um, and what Heather Davies found is that there seemed to be um, tree growth and then a kind of a decline in tree growth and a rise in grass growth, um, which might be interpreted as perhaps trees being cut down, she said in, in her report. Um, but really, she said the sample was quite small, so she couldn't be conclusive. So, of course, the next thing was to ask, okay, well, what is the date of, of this pollen and how does it fit in with, um, with our looking for early Mesolithic people? Um, so we got some radiocarbon dates, and it turns out it doesn't fit in at all. Um, so you can see this is just an illustration of our, of our pollen core. So we got a date from the top, the middle, and the bottom. So the bottom, which would be the earliest, it's good that the, the dates are in sequence. So the bottom is early medieval period. The middle is medieval, and then the top is later medieval, 1408 AD. So what this, what this means is that there, there isn't any early Holocene or Mesolithic material left. Um, and it's suggested that because it was so close to the River Shannon, um, Ed has thinks that um, you know, a natural event, you know, maybe a flood or something like that, um, has washed away all the sediments and they've started to build up again in the early medieval period. Um, but um, I'm a medievalist at heart, so this didn't, I didn't um, balk when I saw these medieval dates. My prehistorian friends, they were a bit disappointed, but it, it's showing us um, the, envir the environment and the geomorphology of, of uh, what we're looking at at the site. So the conclusions then is that um, we feel that, uh, the, that Hermitage has a lot more potential to give. Um, the geophysics has shown a lot of anomalies, as we call them, which are areas for further research. And the next stage really is to go and test some of these features to see if they're Mesolithic or perhaps later in date. Um, the, we have a good understanding now of the geomorphology of the site. Um, the core that we took during the summer didn't yield the dates that we, that we wished for, but you know, all evidence is good evidence and can be fitted in. So we're looking at probably an event uh, sometime in the past that cleared away all that prehistoric material, and then the, the material near the river started to build up again in the early medieval period. So that clearing of the trees, and the, the um, increase in grasses that we were talking about earlier uh, was in the medieval period rather than in the prehistoric period. 
Um, it just leaves me then to, to thank people, um, thank all my colleagues on the, the HARP team. Um, in this particular stage, it was Ed Blinkhorn, Ben Elliott and Amy Little who um, were, were hands-on, but we also have colleagues from UCD, Gabriel Cooney and uh, Graham Warren were particularly helpful in, in, in this season's work. Um, I might add other aspects of the site that we excavated in 2001, like all of the lithics. Um, Professor Woodman began looking at them, but unfortunately passed away before he finished. So Graham Warren has taken up the, the baton there and he's looking at the material at the moment. So to keep yourself posted, um, we have our own um, HARP website, which you can look at there, and the Royal Irish Academy and the National Monument Service and the Excavations Bulletin will keep you updated as well. So thank you very much for your attention.